Hello and welcome to Network Collective, a video roundtable podcast in which network engineers talk about networking, technology, and today, careers. We'll be talking specifically about what we wish we had known when we started our careers off in networking many years ago. Uh, what we have with us today, four outstanding guests with a tremendous background, tremendous experience and insight into this topic in particular. So with, uh, with us today, we have in alphabetical order, Daniel Dibb, Denise Donahue, Lindsay Hill, and Matthew Norwood. I'd also like to welcome uh, all of you viewing the live stream right now. This is a community-based uh, podcast. I say that all the time because that's very important to us. So we encourage you to follow along on Twitter using hashtag Network Collective so you can ask questions, make comments, or post silly pictures of us if you like. Apparently that's a thing now. Um, so I'd like to take a moment now for our guests, who are really the crux of the show today, to introduce themselves and tell us where we can find them online. So again, in alphabetical order, Daniel, let's start with you. <clears throat> Hi everyone, my name is Daniel Dib, and I'm from Sweden. I'm a senior network architect. I have a CCIE, CCDE certification and you can find me online in a lot of places. Uh, uh, my blog and a lot of other publications, so nice to be here. Great. And it's really great to have you here, Daniel. I know you wrote about this topic not too long ago, so I'm, I'm very much interested in uh, hearing your perspective here. Uh, Denise, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Denise Donahue. I'm a business architect with NetCraftsman. I'm only a CCIE, not a DE. So I'm <laughs> a step below Daniel. <laughs> only, yeah. <laughs> um, I, um, let's see, you can find me on Twitter at, at LadyNetworker. And I blog for a net craftsman. So you can find my, when I do rarely blog, you can find them on net craftsman's website. Great. Thanks, Denise. Really happy that you're here as well. Uh, next, we have Lindsay. And Lindsay, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi there. So I'm Lindsay Hill. I'm originally from New Zealand, which explains the, the accent. I'm based in the US at the moment, as I now work for Brocade as a product manager. I'm the part of Brocade that's going to be going to extreme. So fingers crossed that's all going to go well. I too am just a CCIE, Denise, so, you know, we're in good company, but you have a lot more Cisco books on your bookshelf behind mm. you than I do. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you can find me online at Northland Boy on Twitter or my blogs at lkhill.com. Great. Thanks, Lindsay. And last but certainly not least, uh, we have Matthew with us. And Matthew, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Hello, I'm uh, Matthew Norwood. I'm a... Uh, systems engineer for Airhive Networks. I cover the Mid-South, so I'm down here in the Tennessee, Kentucky area, and uh, you can find me online at, usually at Twitter, at at Matthew Norwood. I actually am not a CCIE. I am a CWNE, but that's a whole different, whole different can of worms, so happy to be here. Great, thank you. And I'm Phil Gervasi, joined by our co-host Yvonne Sharp and Jordan Martin. So let's dive right in. Today we have a full house with some serious talent and some serious experience, so pay close attention here. We've all been around the block a few times and we've all reflected one time or another on those things that we wish we knew, maybe did differently in our careers, looking back in hindsight. But today's show is not about regret, okay? Uh, we're not gonna wallow in the self-pity of our mistakes and bad decisions because I have a lot of them and that would take a long time. But hindsight is 2020. so what we are going to talk about and ultimately flesh out is what, looking back at our careers, and when we first started, when we were those young, young pups, what do we wish we knew then 
that we know now. So let me start asking the question, since we've all been in this field for more than a few years now and have our share of victories, failures, and scars, I have scars on my head, by the way, physical scars from, <laughs> from getting cut on Nexus switches. Um, what do you all here wish that, let me, let me rephrase, what do you all here know now that you wish you knew when you first started out? I'll and anybody I'll, can I'll, go. I'll, I'll <laughs> jump in. There we go. Go ahead. Okay, I'll <laughs> flip a coin, a yeah. virtual coin. For me, I, I kind of thought it was all about me. I had to mm. learn so much and be the best technical person I could. And that I spent a lot of time, a lot of work doing that. I wish I had known to, to be more aware of the community around me and to build more relationships with other people that I was working with and other people outside of my work. Because now as I've gotten, you know, for, I don't want to say older, but older, <laughs> and <laughs> got, more, more, got more experience. More experience. More experience. More experience. Yeah. yeah. I see how much value there is. I mean, just look at this example of this podcast. Look how much mm -hmm. value there is in the community. Yeah. Yeah, I and would have to agree with that as well. I. I wish I had spent more time building, uh, building my network, like the social network, not the actual networks, and <laughs> probably finding a mentor. I think that would mm. be helpful as well to someone experienced to guide me a bit in the beginning of my career. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So, uh, I think for me, what was, uh, if I could go back. Uh, Kind of a big thing for me was, you know, when you first start out, and it's a it's a fire hose. Depending on what you're, what you're doing. When I started, it was, um, you know, I had the I had the Unix, Windows, networking, and I finally just made peace with the fact that I will never ever know it all. I will never ever be deep in more than a few areas, and it's even hard just even in one area to stay to have really really deep technical ability, and you just. You have to make peace with that, otherwise you you go insane. You're you're reading and you're you're, you know, it's very easy to work yourself to the point where you get burnt out simply trying to get to the level that maybe your mentors are at or, or yeah. other people are at who've been doing it for a while and just just chill out and realize you're going to have a whole career and and maybe learn ten percent of what you really want to learn. Yeah, I I have a, maybe a little bit of a different experience than 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 you guys here. Uh, I'm I'm in my late 30s, almost 40, and I started my career, my professional life as a school teacher. I taught high school English, and I didn't get into IT at all until I was 27, uh, 28, something like that. And I spent a year at a, on a help desk, um, which was a phenomenal experience, by the way. I mean, all I did was just learn, like you said, from a fire hose. It was just consuming that. However, looking back, oh, I I said I, I said this wasn't going to be all about regrets, <laughs> and here I am. Well, in any case, one thing that I regret is not hitting it harder as far as learning those skills sooner. So I'm almost 40 still and now pursuing the CCIE. And my goodness, is it difficult at this stage in life? So, you know, one thing I would like to do is go back in the time machine and tell myself, just focus now. Don't don't wait a year. Get this done now while you have the freedom and the time and the energy and wherewithal, you know. So. Man, man, that's a two-way street, and so, yeah. and yeah. so and when I look at that, I, I agree with what you're saying because it is much easier to do those harder tasks when you don't have the stuff outside of work eating up your time. So mm -hmm. you know, kids and family is is something that will eat up time, and they're great things, but they make do something do, doing something like a CCIE difficult. 
The other side is though, is like I've found so much value in not being a specialist early in my career. Mm -hmm. So for sure, in just being a generalist, being the guy, I think it was uh, uh, Matthew who said it that you know, kind of being responsible for everything, being responsible for servers and databases and yeah. voice systems. Um, but you get the you know the being responsible for everything helped give me a broader view of what that specialist role is supposed to be doing and being able to work with other groups. And so like I, 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 I question, is it, is it better to go deep early on, right? And, and, and get those things out of the way and, and really mm -hmm. start early and do and specialize in one thing and become very, very good at that one thing. Or is it better to be a generalist? I think that you need to have at least one area where you are reasonably deep. Agree you know, with you, that. You're not a total, like an absolute specialist out of it. You need to have at least one area where you you have a fairly deep knowledge of that, and then you that's like your your base. Everything else is grounded around that. So what's the T-shaped skills? I think's the the term mm -hmm. that people use these days. Yeah. Yeah, I, t I, I tend to agree with it. Go ahead, Yvonne, please. No, I was just gonna say for me, like, there's the, if there's one word that encapsulates my early career, it'd be insecurity. Like, mm. I really felt like I had to prove myself and prove yeah. that. I had intelligence and proved that I could do all kinds of things. And I look back, and so often I rushed things, trying to prove something. Mm -hmm. um, and and now I can step back and with with the revelation that we can't know everything. And what Matthew was saying, there's there's no way to know it all, and that your value is not in being able to pull everything from memory at this very moment. It's been able to solve problems across an entire stack. And so now I, I'm, I'm slower, um, slower in a good way. I'm not so hurried to try and come up with an answer so that people will think I'm smart. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, it's that slowing down and thinking through all the details because that ultimately slow is fast. Mm -hmm. um, when you're when you're building architectures and thinking through problems, I think one of the related things to that, and one of the things I wish I'd known, was how how to get access to help. How to so you know we talk about building social networks and things. When I when I was started out, this was uh, early 2000s. So social networks weren't such a thing online. It was right. more actually real world networks of people that I had. But it was knowing how and when to say escalate to tag. So often I would figure out the problem myself and I'd spend a lot of time going through logs whatever it was manuals whatever I'd figure out you know, eventually I'd, usually I'd get there I'd only, I'd only go to tax say when I had a when I had a known bug and I really wanted to go to them and say hey here's this bug fix you know this is the issue you need to fix this but when I look back on it I think you know what I probably should have escalated those things sooner um, it, you know it's okay to it's okay to not know everything yourself and to be able to and say you know what I could spend the next three weeks digging down on this, or I could find someone who does know the answer and go to them now and get some help. Not I to say that you rush mm -hmm. to them, you yeah. know, you've still got to figure some stuff out yourself, but mm -hmm. but to not not feel that I have to do it on my own, That's maybe that's what it's about. I think that's a typical newbie mistake. You take things personally, and yeah. you, by dog, you're going to get to the bottom of this thing, mm -hmm. as, as opposed to reaching out, even if... if to tack or to other people in your in your network <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. that you've built up now <laughs> because you know to do that yeah i think That's some uh, of the best learning experiences i've had not me i don't know about the best but a lot of really great learning experiences i had were on those extended tack calls that i wish i recorded 
So what, what, when you get a good when you get a good tech engineer qualifying it. So. <laughs> I was I was actually thinking the opposite. As I, and oh I, come I, on! No, 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 no! I agree. I agree with everything that's been said. I'm not. I'm not trying to be uh, <laughs> contrary. Uh, I I think of the things I've learned when I didn't know what I was looking for, but still trying to find a problem. If yeah, someone had, yeah. if someone had handed me the solution, I would have learned that one thing. And instead, I learned ten. And so I, I guess you have to weigh it against the impact, right? I think I think I agree completely with what Lindsay said. Is that you know mm -hmm. if if we're talking about a business critical system and I can't figure it out within a, you know an hour or two, I should be starting a phone call, mm -hmm. right? Like that should be going on because the business needs me to solve the problem. They don't need me to learn. Yeah. If this can sit for a little bit, I think there can be some value in digging in and not necessarily running to support immediately. Because yes, you'll be able to solve your problem. But I always learn tangentially. So like I'm looking at this problem and I'm, I don't just learn that. I go down the wrong road for a little bit and I learn something about that. And I go down the wrong road and I learn something about that. And so there's, yeah. a, there's a balance to that, I think. So encapsulate that in, in, in a way that you would tell your, what would you tell yourself if you were just starting out? That, that's a hard question. How would you wrap the, what would you, what would you say? Hey, uh, hey, uh, Jordan from 15 years ago, <laughs> chill out, you know, cool well, yeah. Well, no, I, I think it is. I think I think the, the critical piece of information there is is you need to understand what the things are that you're supporting mean to uh -huh. the business, because you need to know whether or not you need to be on tack. Because mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. Uh, sometimes as engineers, we see it as a failure if we have to call somebody else to help us out. For sure. And I and I don't think that's true at all. I think we pay for very expensive support contracts for a reason. Use them, right? Mm -hmm. If they're gonna, if they're going to solve the problem faster, that's the reason why you have them. Yeah. Um, but if, if you know, there's a lot of learning opportunities in there. So I think I think the critical piece of that isn't necessarily do you call TAC or don't you call TAC. It's to understand the criticality of your systems, which I think leads to a bigger issue, and that is learn learn your business. It's not just about the technology. And that's that's definitely one of my takeaways is is learning the business. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, yeah. because what we do, I, you know, I, I learn it more and more. I mean, I feel like I'm you know preaching like I'm the experienced guy, but I'm not. I'm still learning this. If you walk into an environment, all the stuff we do ties to some sort of business objective. I don't always look at the world that way. I look at it as protocols and routers and switches because that's what I'm used to. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think the more that you can see the world through those eyes, the more you're going to be able to be valuable to your employers. Yeah. yeah. I think when I started out, you know, part of it is you're just trying to. There's so much that you're taking in when you're young that you. You what's the perceptual narrowing? I think is the term. But you know, you. You can only focus on what's right in front of you. And you end up you're overwhelmed by all these technology things, since you, you're just focusing on that, and you you miss those other broader business things going on. You know, why are we doing this? What what's what's the real problem that we're trying to solve here? It's it's easy to get overwhelmed with that. As I've as I've gotten a little bit older, I've sort of I'm sort of you're, I'm more aware of what's going on from a business perspective. What are the pressures that are going on? Why? Or from or these days, if I'm talking to a customer, why is a customer asking me about one particular thing? Is it, is it they're asking me a te technical question, but what's the business driver behind that? And that's something mm -hmm. that I think, when I was starting out, I wish I had, I wish I had had a better under or had taken a little more time to understand that. Mm -hmm. Not saying I should have spent all my time uh, with business analysts or something like that, but maybe spent a little bit more time talking to my manager when we had big projects or things like that coming along saying mm -hmm. okay what's the what's the real thing that matters here to this business you know we're doing this what's the real reason that what's the key thing behind this or find out that hey you know what actually we're working on this project here but actually there's some other thing that's causing a whole lot of pain that we really need to solve 
but maybe it's just not getting the there's a mismatch and the often you'd see actually would be that mismatch between what the techno the technology people are doing and what the business people want there's often a mismatch in expectations yeah, yeah I wish I could have closed that better <laughs> I still wish I could close it better I, I guess maybe maybe I was lucky I spent first nine years I was in IT I was in the military and our jobs were to kill people and break things and I didn't have to worry about you know understanding the business because the business was basically you go drop bombs um, so uh, I was lucky I just had to sit there and grind out you know and not pull all my hair out uh, you know it wasn't until I, I got out that it was you know trying to understand I, I had an interview for a I think it was my second job when I got out of the military and the guy asked me he said um Okay, so everything goes down, and you got all these different systems. What do you do? And I said, Well, what's most important to the business? And he said, You're the only guy that's actually said that. And I thought, <laughs> Hey, I ended up getting that job, but um, yep. Yep. I mean, but it's kind of a, a no-brainer when you when you get a little bit. I guess when when everyone gets a little bit older and you get a little more mm-hmm. perspective, it's mm. it's okay. You've got all these different moving parts, but. You got to tell me. I'm I'm a geek. I'm not a CFO or CEO. Tell me what what's important to you. You know, people say things like, "Well, email's not important in a DR plan." Uh, any of us have been around environments where email went down? Yeah, that's life. Super. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's just weird, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think like the business science is that's not something that's easily taught and usually not included in like college or vendor mm-hmm. training or anything like that and also you have to be ready like Matthew said that you probably need to be a bit older to start having more interest in the business side in the beginning we're mostly just focusing a lot on technology and we tend to tend to forget to include the business and people are a lot more valuable valuable if they can translate between the business and the technology side. So. Daniel, do you, yeah. do you think that's just a matter of, of age when you say older, m- maturing in your thought process, but do you think that there's more so a matter of your experience working on the networks and, and maybe a combination of that? What, what's your thought there? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's just age. It's probably what, you have, what you've been through in your yeah. career. So if mm-hmm. you've been... Uh, through situations that like a network down situation then you might have a better understanding of what the impact actually is to the business and and gain the understanding that the business could could actually you could actually go out of business if if you're down for too long especially in these days so yeah I do remember uh, when I was uh, when I was starting out uh, specifically when I was on the command line I confession time okay here we go i would have you know my two monitors and by the time i was really serious in a senior position i had my four monitors and it was ridiculous right (laughs) just nonsense today i don't do that but anyway i had my the cli maybe a couple of different routers up different things and on one of the monitors i had you know a blog or some cisco documentation but when anyone walked by i had to minimize it quick because I didn't want anyone knowing that I was looking that stuff up. 
and I hid the fact that I had to. Are, is any? You're laughing inside right now, or oh, yeah. or we're laughing with you. Yeah, honest, I don't. I don't normally hide the documentation page when people walk past. That's, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that was the documentation on screen. Uh, yeah, it wasn't. Not anymore. Um, I don't. Not now. <laughs> the first thing I do is I say to my coworker, "Hey, let's Google that." Oh, I saw a blog. I don't know. I, I'm so so much more quick to say I don't know and throw my hands up and let's look it up and figure this out where when I first started out I, I did not do that I think if I could go back I would just give myself permission and say it's okay to not know everything and even more so it's okay not to be an arrogant jerk like I was and and pretend like you knew everything because nobody else does so just be transparent I, I, yeah. we, we all have to go People, through that phase yeah, of knowing yeah. everything though you know, we all, <laughs> yeah. you know it's like that phase of you, you do it and then you grow out of it yeah, and people see through that yeah. so so quickly. I mean, they yeah. know nobody nobody knows everything, and everybody knows that. So yeah, when yeah. you're trying to be the one who knows everything, so that, I guess that's good advice to to your younger self. Don't pretend to be the one who knows everything because that's so obvious when you yeah. d- when you're yeah. trying to fake it. <laughs> I'm sure I embarrassed myself more than once, but here we are. <laughs> could probably yeah, I think we all did. Yeah. So and Denise and I had a had a conversation uh, kind of online a c- couple days ago about the pace of change in this industry mm-hmm. and how maybe when we started out we didn't really realize how much would change over time. Do Do you guys have any thoughts on that, on coping with that, or how to think about that if you're early on in this business, or maybe just thinking about getting started in IT? I think you got to, and this is this is very hard to do when you're just starting out. But you, you really do, and I know it's it's so overused. But you really got to know five, ten years from now, um, or at least have a general idea of where you want to be. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I started planning my career path, if you will, probably ten years ago, and it didn't go exactly how I wanted it to. There was some luck involved. There was just you know some other things that happen, but I'm I'm kind of at the place I wanted to be, um, and but it it really took a lot of thought in my mind in terms of where do I think things are going in the future. I mean I and maybe it was you know I used to attend um, Cisco user group meetings here in Nashville you know probably ten years ago when they were really really big, and people would show up you know looking for a job and I remember hearing people saying they were well you know. I, I've had a career in mainframe security. You know, I mean, wow. that was at one time that was that was amazing. But you, you really have to look and and you know that's one of the reasons I'm in wireless is because wireless is not fading; it's growing. And so I know that ten years from now it might be a little different. I don't know who knows. Ten years from now, I could be living in my car. But but for now, <laughs> you know, it's true. It's true. You, wi- might be, you might be living in an RV and retired, right? <laughs> that, that's that's right. Absolutely. So, for, but for me, wireless is big. You ask people who are in storage, and five years ago, I'd have said storage would have been just as big. But today, depends on which storage vendor you work for. You know. Yeah. That's that's probably one of the things that I sort of think about is that when I started out, I probably wasn't thinking as much about where those industry trends are going. So around mid two thousands, I was doing a lot of networking stuff, and wireless started coming along. And I was like, ah, yeah, that wireless, it's it's okay, but yeah, nah, won't won't get all that involved in it. Probably should have. Hmm. Yeah, you know, it's it's trying to. I think now I'm probably more aware of what those trends are. Just it doesn't mean you pick it right all the time, but at least having that 
just being aware of what's going on, what's interesting, you know, whether that was virtualization 10 years ago, whether cloud five years ago, or whatever the next big thing is today. So it sounds yeah. like you're giving a piece of advice to do your homework, hmm. to, to be aware yeah. of what's going on in the industry as a whole, not just hmm. in your little niche of it. Mm. No, not even just the end. No, I guess not even like just the networking industry. But yeah, that broader technology. What are those those macro trends that are going on? Um, mm. You know, like I say, you don't want to be the guy that's stuck doing mainframe work. You know, it's fine if you're three years, if you're three or four years away from retirement. That's fantastic. But even like now, I probably, you know, all going well. I've got probably got another thirty years of work ahead of me. So like I've, I've got to be, oh. I got to be ready for that. <laughs> yeah, I think people tend to rush things. So, like if you're studying for SSA or something, then they forget to like study the basic TCP TCP/IP stuff. They just want to study routing protocols, etc. But if you really like learn TCP/IP, the windowing sequences and round trip time and packet loss and everything like that, then when you learn a new technology, I mean. Uh, with all this hype about cloud, SDN, blah, 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 it's all still running on TCP IP. So if you really learn the fundamentals, mm -hmm. it will be a lot yeah, easier a to pick up something new as well. Yeah, because yeah, it's all for Wireside, it's all tags and tunnels, right? No, no matter what comes out, it's you're either <laughs> tagging or it's just a new tagging <laughs> format. <laughs> So, Yvonne, I, I saw on the show notes something you, you jotted down, and I, I'd like to put you on the spot if you don't mind. You wrote okay. down, oh, good. You wrote down, uh, in quotes, don't leave too quickly and don't stay too long. That was you, right? Yeah, that was you. What, what, yeah. did, you, what did you mean by that? Well, so I think sometimes you, you get in a role, and I mean, there are absolutely times you need to go. Like you get in and, and just from like a, a, like if there's something immoral or illegal or unethical going sure. on, that that's one thing. But I think you have to get in a role long enough and stay there a few years. Um, not, not just to like prove you can stay at a place, but to get value out of that spot. But then I also think you need to realize maybe when you've, <laughs> hit a barrier within that organization that you can't cross. Um, and some of that is just because of the size of the environment that you're in or the leadership that you're working for. But, um, you know, don't, don't leave too quickly, but don't stay too long. I think sometimes people get comfortable in a position um, either because they, they feel like they know what they're doing or they're comfortable with the pay mm -hmm. and they, they miss a shift that could have moved them ahead in their career and then they look back and they go oh i should have done this two mm. years ago or three years ago and five yeah. years ago and i mean there's almost always an opportunity to correct that but you should be thinking always about where am i in this organization where's the organization going and is it helping me get to where i want to go and like matthew was saying earlier you got to kind of know where you want to go before you can do that calculus but so it's like that me. it's like that related thing where people say oh, I've got 10 years of networking experience but they've been doing basically the same thing for the last 10 years mm. and really mm -hmm. they've got 10 times one year of experience right yeah you know, you, it's 
good way you to should never it. be the smartest person in the room. <laughs> also, well, I don't oh. ever have that problem, so thank I'm, you. I'm, I'm, I'm the only person in this room, so like, I'm, I'm, it's all right at the Hopefully. moment. Both, both, the both the smartest and dumbest person in that room. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. to Yvonne's point, um, I also think it, to trends, right? So when, when something comes out that's new and it looks interesting and it might be something you want to pursue, you know, when it's only been on the industry for a year, and most people are not looking, well, you see it sometimes and we all laugh, but they're not looking for 10 years experience. It's easier to get in and do that thing early on than it is to do it later. Mm-hmm. Because once this thing becomes established, so we're talking about cloud, like cloud is starting to hit maturity in the sense of, you know, we have established solutions, people are connecting to these external resources. If you were to make a shift and have never touched any type of cloud infrastructure whatsoever, but now you wanted to get into it, you're gonna have an uphill battle because there's lots of people out there who've, who've touched it and used it. If you jumped on it when it was early, nobody knew what they were doing, right? You, you just needed a basic technology understanding. And so I think if you see something that you really want to go after, sometimes it's better to go. Um, but we have this thing, I mean, like, and the other thing about uh, not staying too long, and this is more my cynical worldview, so I apologize if this drags you know, the entire conversation down. Um, we, technology traditionally, at least from my perspective, has a hard time promoting from within. We don't, we don't build yep. people up and get them to the next level. We tend to bring people in because it, for whatever reason, we don't respect the talent that's around us. We respect the talent that we haven't actually worked with. Um, and and that's, just, that's just the way that, I've, that I see the world. Every one of my significant promotions has been when I've moved from company to company. I've never had a major promotion within an organization. I've never seen any of my peers have big promotions within organizations. Most of the people I've seen who have made career advancements have happened from going to job to job. So I know yeah. it's a completely cynical worldview, but if you stay at a company for 10 or 15 years and you're working in technology, how, how motivated are you? Like, what are you, what are you doing? Because if, if you, unless that company's, you know, like the, uh, the unicorn, right? The, the, the company that actually promotes from within and you continue to get to work on new things, you're probably gonna be stagnant. Just yeah. two cents there. Yeah, depends on the company, I think. Yeah. yeah. But picking up a new skill like cloud or SDN or something can be really helpful for your career, career because you'll be an early adopter and people will want to hire you because there will be... There's, there's a risk though, right? Because we have a lot of yeah. trends that just kind of fizzle out. Yeah. So yeah. It, you, go chasing, you go chasing things early, you know, I mean, you have to take a, a measured approach to it. You have to say, is this something I want to do? Sure. And do I think it's going li- to live around? Because I think there's some things even that we're talking about in the networking industry now, I wouldn't be going to put my career hang, on them. Hang on, ATM to the desktop is making a comeback, all right? Wireless is <laughs> You heard it here first. Voice, video, and data, right? 53 <laughs> bytes at a time. I, I think you just, you've got to be... Um, at least for me, I've got a wife and two kids that, um, that, you know, that depend on me. So any decision, any decision I make in terms of my career is not on the spot. It's, if I quit a job every time I got upset, you know, I'd, oh, yeah. I'd be quitting every other week. <laughs> and so, so, yeah, look at trends. But honestly, you know, I'm in the wireless space. Before that, I was in the wired networking space for years. I'm not going to jump into, you know, cloud DBA. Let's just say cloud DBA for IoT. Let's just throw tons of buzzwords out there. And that's the new thing, and and I really get excited about it. What are the odds? I mean, I I do field sales engineering for a vendor. What are the odds that I'm going to jump into cloud DBA for IoT role as an early adopter and from a, you know, total package compensation, what have you, 
be anywhere close if I'm starting, you know, from the ground up. Yeah, and but so con- you get contextually, I think Yvonne, I mean, Yvonne was, correct me if I'm wrong, really you're looking at strategy, right? We've talked about mm-hmm. mentors. We've yeah. talked about looking around at trends. We've talked about what skill sets we already bring to the table and maybe need to develop. So, you know, it, it's not necessarily I need to make a quantum leap from one section of the networking field to another section, or maybe it is. I, you know, sure. Um, but it's. I maybe, was just saying. I was just yeah. saying personally. I would never. I, I know what you're saying about yeah. leaving one job, going to another. I'm just saying in terms of of people that go chase these. Um, I, I could pick on a couple of of you know things that have happened yeah. over the past five, ten years that people thought was going to be the next big thing. You know, Lindsay mentioned ATM. That was kind of funny because for a couple of years we thought it was going to rule the world and then all of a sudden nope. it didn't. Yeah. Um, so you just the, the older I get, the more careful and cautious and measured I am in yeah. terms of yeah, that's for sure. anything outside of the few little things that I, that I know or, or can at least... Uh, um, uh, fumble my way through in a conversation. So, so part, part of that's about your risk profile. And, mm-hmm. you know, if we think about this in terms of thinking back to, you know, what did you, what should you, what do you wish you knew back when you started? Like when I started out, I was single, no children, no mortgage, no nothing. For me, at that time, I could pick up, I could try something different. I could go contracting for a while. I could take a break for six months, 12 months. I could go back, go contracting again. I could do all of that. But yeah, as you get older, you're you're in a different position. You've got a house, you've got kids, you've got you know all of those sorts of things to worry about. So I guess that's one thing actually to think about is for someone starting out or a younger, so say, hey, look, you know, you're probably in a position now where you can take more of a risk. Yeah. You can you you can take that leap of faith or go into that unknown. Because if it all turns if it all turns to custard, it's all right. It's just you. You know, if it's it just all you turns to custard. I like custard. <laughs> I like custard. <laughs> well, but and, but so much of that, um, you can help mitigate that risk by doing what Daniel said earlier, and that is, if you have a solid foundation and you understand fundamentals, mm-hmm. you're going to be employable. Yeah. Um, and so you can find a project within your organization that's more of an emerging technology and stick your toe in there maybe and see if it turns into anything but you've still got this base of fundamentals to go back to and so that that goes into your strategic planning of your career as well too is like yeah. what what do what do I know how to do that's marketable if this thing I'm trying now doesn't work out mm-hmm. um, and we all sometimes have to make those decisions and it may not be what I want in the moment but um, I'll be able to eat and um, and you know try something else tomorrow. Yeah, I have a two pronged follow up question then for that. The first is, what will you guys all um, wish you had learned as far as technical skills? And so, like thinking about the past that you wish, therefore you knew now, or you know now, but you wished you knew then. And then, what skills would you recommend to somebody just starting out today that they pick up right away? Te- and I mean technical skills. Oh, I'm with I'm with Daniel on this one. Fundamentals, the, the the stuff surrounding the fundamentals changes. Uh, we'll spend a lot of time learning the things that look sexy, right? But yeah. it's that's not the important stuff. The important stuff is understanding how TCP/IP works. Mm-hmm. The important thing is understanding how subnetting works. The amount of people who've worked in technology for five, ten years who who can't subnet beyond a slash twenty four is still shocking to me. Yeah. Um. You know, especially when we talk about someone who's doing networking. 
Uh, so like the, these are these fundamental skills, I think, are the ones that you take forward as a RFC 1925 Rule 11. We keep repeating the same things over and over again. So so long as you know the fundamentals and the reason why the early stuff happened, you'll be able to kind of piece together. You know, when something new comes out, what components of what we already done is this using? How what's different? What's the little bit that changes the the perspective on this? this new thing. Yeah. I, th I think that those fundamentals need to go broader than just networking fundamentals though. Mm -hmm. So oh, I, agree I, with that. I was I was lucky enough in that I came into networking from a Unix background. So I was working with HPUX and Solaris and Eryx and all those sorts of systems. And I came into it from that direction. And so it's funny now when I see network engineers saying, oh, I've got to learn Linux, I'm going to do this. And I'm like, well, yeah, I actually learned that before I started this. And some of those things haven't changed either, you know. Like obviously, there's a there is Linux has progressed, but you know, VI is still well. It's VI improved now, but it's still you know, those fundamentals there. Things you know, everything's a file. Every all those the basic file system stuff. All of that stuff's all those yeah. fundamentals matter too. Yeah. Um, the other one that is just general for me is general troubleshooting stuff like looking at logs, reading the error messages surprising how much I can how many problems I can solve these days with stuff that I don't really know all that much about when you just sort of go okay well what's it probably going to log something it's probably going to be in var log something I'll go and start there and I'll poke around there okay which files have changed recently okay let's have a look at this an error message okay what does that mean mm -hmm. just those sorts of just basics of tracking through a problem um, actually that was one of the things that I that I learned early on maybe from one of the senior engineers I work with we work through it with network problems is you just you do simple stuff like okay I've got some problem and you draw a little diagram on your whiteboard saying you know here's my start point here's my end point here's the boxes in between let's sort of step through it and like the some of the senior people would be like oh you just oh it's just there go and start looking there it's like well that's okay if you know for sure what you're doing but when you're starting out it's really nice to or it's good to learn a bit of structure about what to do and mm -hmm. say okay let's just yep. plug through it and then it works really well when you get to a problem where you've got no idea what you're doing. This yeah. helps you narrow things down. Yep. I'm yep. going to answer the question a little in, in the opposite. One of the things I'm grateful for, and that is I started as a computer science major. And so I wrote C++ code. And I don't do any coding today, but the idea that coding and Python development <laughs> is coming is not something that's scary to me because I understand programming constructs, if loops, do loops, for loops, while loops, combinational logic, all that stuff. Um, and also exactly what Lindsay was saying, that um, part of that was cutting my teeth in a Linux environment. And anybody, I have, a, I have a teenage son who's going to college in the fall that wants to pursue uh, technical endeavors. Um, and I've just been um, encouraging him to learn Linux you know, just to yeah. start there, because that will help him no matter which arena he he decides to go into, I believe. So I think those are beyond networking. Those are some other fundamentals that can be incredibly helpful. Yeah. We have well, a developing think, theme here, and yeah. it's all around Linux. Well, do you think <laughs> learning the, the, um, the logic of programming and the logic of how programs work, the logic of how the protocols work, the logic of how the underlying, you know, structure works. Do you think that helps you in gen has helped you in general? Oh, sure. I mean, because it's it's all the same. You know, I mean, when when you understand, don't, don't, that, you know, don't tell the full time developers that they don't like it when you tell them. <laughs> so. 
Yeah. But I mean, but but you know, there there are functions, and when you're writing code, you compartmentalize things, and that's how we think about. That's how we should think about how we design and architect our networks too, right? Um, so yeah, I, I mean, uh, and when you talk to guys like Russ White, he's like always talking about algorithms and how to understand yeah. algorithms, and that's understanding how the system thinks. Um, and that can help you figure out what's going on when things go wrong. Yeah. I think it's also important, though, to understand uh, um, kind of constraints or, or barriers around, you know, what you're learning. Yes, absolutely learn fundamentals and learn, you know, um, as much as you can about about your job or go beyond your job, right? If you're, if you're doing 8 to 5 Monday through 5, great. There's a million people doing that. You want you want to take things to the next level, and you got to spend some time outside of work hours. But you, sometimes you you need mentors or more senior people to actually tell you things that that aren't or not important. For example, uh, ten years ago, I worked for a very large hospital corporation. You know, we had uh, you know, oh goodness. Well, Yvonne, you've worked for one. You know how it goes. You know, you have hundreds and hundreds of VPN tunnels and just thousands and thousands of switches and routers. And I got really obsessed with T1s because we had T1s all over the country. I mean, to the point to where I was getting in, you know, I read the Matthew Gass book on, on T1s, the O'Reilly book that some of you have probably read. And I really got into extended super frame and started learning about which bits actually get flagged in that frame in order to indicate there's a problem with with You're the line a sick sick man, man. well I, <laughs> I got really i got really excited about it and nobody cared uh, my wife didn't care my friends didn't care and and it, and it got to the point to where one of the guys that one of the more senior guys at work said you realize that it's only in that kind of format um from really when it hits you know the 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 uh, ceo's equipment there it 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 you know, on site and then goes to the to the actual wick in the back of the router, right? You realize that it's it's DSL or HDSL the rest of the time. And it just kind of burst my bubble and I thought, well I've been spending all this time on T ones when it, it you know, the extended super frame and, and you know, I could throw out all the acronyms that people love at parties like B eight Z S and you know um, and yeah, it's like nobody cares. And so I thought, You're right. No one cares, and so I moved on to something else. Maybe it was BGP. I'm sorry to laugh, Ed. Uh, but you know, you've hit on a really important point, though, and that's the passion. That we've talked about strategy and looking for trends and doing the basics, but what if you like fish fingers in your custard? <laughs> you know, what if you? What do you like? What attracts you? For you know, what? <laughs> do, I can't does nobody help you. else watch Doctor Who? <laughs> I'm sorry. Does no, no, are there no, no other Doctor Who no, fans? <laughs> but what if what? I th I think you as you can be as logical as you want, but you have to have some passion for the technology in order to keep mm. you going those late nights. Yeah, actually, yeah. that's that's a good point. Actually, because I've heard some people starting out say, "Oh, should I do this or that, or which one will I make the most money in?" Sales. Like, well, sales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but you've you've got to figure out which one are you actually interested in. You know, if, if there's no point starting out something that you just don't care about, you've got to at yeah. least have something that excites you about it. Unless of yeah. course it's T ones and then like. <laughs> oh, then good luck. Yeah. Yeah. I've had people like going for the CC uh, saying that they don't like to read books, and I'm like, sorry, but you're in the wrong industry, pal. Mm. So like. 
if you don't want to read books, go somewhere else. Uh, IT is always learning, learning. So, yeah, I uh, I teach a couple of classes at a local community college, which is profoundly uh, meaningful to me. I love it, um, and uh, I I I give my students. I, I preach to them all the time about what they should be doing outside of the school to develop their careers because they're all getting an associate's degree. Um, and I tell them things that both I have done and, and were helped me to be successful and things that I wish I did. So both of those things. So I preach to them hard, learn Linux, learn Python, learn you know programming languages, get straight A's. Um, it, right. And then I also tell them to own their education, that you cannot rely on your teacher in that case, me or other teachers. And then when you get your first job, you cannot rely on the professional development plan of your manager or your company or, or, or whatever, that you have to own it yourself. Now, that looks different for everybody, and that's fine, but it has to be something that is internalized. And I've had a lot of positive feedback from students that said, yeah, you're right, and then boom, went on and got a CCNA working on a CCMP, and they're just chugging along so those are two pieces of advice that I always give my students one being something that I did which was own my education early on and the other thing that I didn't do is which was learn programming languages and get very familiar with Linux which I'm only only, only done in the past couple of years so actually that that owning your your career thing is an important one no one cares about you as much as you mm -hmm. it's like that doesn't matter like companies will tell you things people are our most important resources blah 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 don't 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 believe any of it. You've worked in enterprise IT, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've worked in all sorts of industries and firms, but it's yeah. really it's like don't don't like your manager probably believes in you, but at the end of the day, you're yeah. the no one cares about you as much as you. Sure. So like yeah. You've got to take that responsibility. Well, my wife cares about me too, and my kids do. I think. <laughs> Hopefully. But I know. From the you. bottom line, you're a company of one. Very good. With one That's employee. Right. I'm tweeting that tomorrow, Denise, and I'm taking full credit <laughs> for it. Go so, for it. Yeah. I, I stole it from someplace. Oh, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Secondary thief. So, yeah. uh, listen, we're at, at that time, and uh, this has been a great discussion, guys. Uh, and I'm really glad that we had this particular group for today's topic. Uh, we've heard a couple of great themes. Learn some programming languages. Get familiar with Linux and navigating the file system. Own your own education. Find a mentor. Connect with the networking community at large, whether it be through social media, and we talked about users groups. A lot of great stuff there. Some of those things... We've done some of those things we wish we did. And so there you go. Take it for what it is. Uh, but I'd like to wrap things up by thanking you, uh, Daniel, Denise, Lindsay, and Matthew for being with us. It was really, uh, really great to have you. Uh, we love to gab about technology for sure, but there's something about delving into these topics focused on our careers that we really hope uh, helps you and is meaningful to you. So thanks also to my co-hosts, Yvonne and Jordan. And let's just take a moment now for you guys to let us know where we can find you. So Yvonne, uh, where can people find you online? Yeah, uh, I'm Yvonne Sharp. You can find me on my blog at esharp.net and on Twitter at Sharp Network. Great, thanks. And Jordan, how about you? Uh, sure, you can find me at my blog, jordanmartin.net. I'm also at bcjordan on Twitter. And uh, Cisco Live in two weeks. Find me there. Ooh, I'll Cisco have, Live in two weeks. One uh, week. Uh, it's one, yeah, it's one week. Not, one uh, week. Next week. Not it's even next one week. week. <laughs> oh, that's week. right. I leave in two days. Next week. Next week. <laughs> not two weeks. Very good. Um, but yeah, I'll have some Network Collective stickers. We'll be recording some episodes. So come, come find us. I'd love to chat with you. Cool. Thanks. So uh, you can find me at Twitter at uh, network underscore phil. And my blog is networkfill.com. 
So you can find this and other video podcasts as well as audio only versions, if that's something that you need, on our website, thenetworkcollective.com. We're also on iTunes, Facebook, uh, Twitter, using the handle at netcollectivepc. And while we're at it, also check out our friends at the On-Premise IT Podcast, who just yesterday put out a great show on careers. And you can find that at gestaltit.com forward slash podcast. So in two weeks, we're back at it again with episode seven, when we'll be talking about extending layer two, but we won't be live streaming it because it's uh, the Independence Day holiday here in the US. So we're going to pre-record that and post it at that time. So please uh, make sure to check that out. And uh, well, that's for that's it for us today. So thanks so much for tuning in and see you next time.